0: Welcome to Lockdown Warriors, your podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors writer for the Mercury News. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. We have a really good episode, a ton of great questions, and uh, this could even become a two-part show, depending on how long I go on all this stuff. Some new ideas about the traded player exception and the draft. Let's just get right into it with this question from Bobby, who writes in, How do you get Kelly Oubre or Robert Covington with the TPE without giving up the first round pick? Um, I think you're going to have to give up a pick to get Oubre or Covington. The Rockets love Robert Covington, everything he brings to them. The Suns are really high on Kelly Oubre, and I'm a little confused as to why his name keeps popping up um, as far as a traded player exception candidate, Uh, the Suns are really high on him, he makes sense for what the Warriors want, but the Warriors just can't have everything that they want, and I I think the Suns, look, they're going to be picking in the lottery too. They know just as they know just as well as the Warriors how bad this draft is. Why would they want two picks in the lottery of this draft if they already have a good young player in Kelly Oubre, who by the way they traded for and has worked out front. him? He's a success story for them, so it's gonna be hard to get him now. If you have the first pick in the draft, if you're the Warriors, and you offer that to the Suns, well then of course they're gonna take that, right? Maybe if you have a top three pick, if they if they look at a guy like Lamelo Ball as somebody that they really want. But that's really what it comes down to. Do they view LaMelo Ball as better than Kelly Oubre? I don't know what the answer to that is. And as far as Robert Covington goes, this obsession that that fans have with Robert Covington, not Warriors fans, just the league, like fans in general just have this obsession with Robert Covington. Yeah, he's a versatile defender. He's not as good as his brand is. I mean, credit Robert Covington's PR like brand team. I don't know what's going on with that. He has this reputation as being a, a a lockdown defender. He's not. When he was in Philadelphia, in when they got to the playoffs, he wasn't as good. He was exploited a lot by ball handlers. He is not one through five switchable. He can guard several different positions. Okay, he's a good. Def- he's a he's a very good defender, but he's not this locked down guy. He's not Andre Iguodala. And offensively, he's a standstill shooter. You never trust him to dribble. He's extremely limited. And there's this idea that he's this great fit for the Warriors, and he's just not okay. Like just because you can shoot threes does not make you a great fit for the Warriors. You need to be able to contribute to ball movement. You need to be able to, to, to contribute to that Steve Kerr motion offense. Robert Covington doesn't do that. You don't want him. Uh, driving and kicking, okay? That's a turnover waiting to happen. Covington and Houston is perfect because you don't have to do any of that. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, they just do everything. You stand in the corner, make threes, defend a few positions, play bigger than your body, and you're good to go. That's not what the Warriors need. I mean, he'd be fine for them as a stretch four. You play him next to Draymond Green in small ball situations, that works, okay? But he's not this guy who you're going to want to to use necessarily your TPE on. The Rockets are very high on him. They signed him to an extension. They like him for a reason. And I don't know if the Warriors it's worth giving up this year's first or next year's first for a guy like him who has got a a very uh, concrete ceiling. So how do you get Uber or Covington with the TPE? You have to give up a first-round pick. I wouldn't do that if I were the Warriors. I would just use the first-round pick and then use the TPE elsewhere. If you're giving me the choice of Covington only Robert Covington versus somebody else with the TPE and somebody acquired with the top five pick with that kind of upside it's a no-brainer that you do that it's not even a question And I would even go and I like Kelly Oubre but I don't love his fit for the Warriors what are you gonna do bring him off the bench is that a good allocation of resources oh well he could be Andre Iguodala can he What was the thing that made Iguodala so special? It was his unselfishness. How often did Steve Kerr talk about that? Iguodala's unselfishness, his willingness to come off the bench and be a six man. Does Kelly Oubre have that? I doubt it this early in his career. No way. He's just coming up, man. He just got good. Why would he then go to the bench? You think that's going to work? You think that's going to work for Andrew Wiggins? You can't pay him $27 million to come off the bench? No way. So what happens? Who goes to the bench? Klay Thompson? No. They're going to start a center. You don't start Draymond Green at center. It doesn't work, okay? It doesn't work. This next question comes from Juan for MVP. Are the Warriors high on Isaac Okoro? His skill set is similar to Andre Godala's and he'll fit in well. Someone they can groom to fit that role. I agree with the premise that the Warriors are formulaic. They look at what they had during their championship seasons and they want to mimic that. They want to repeat that. Okay, they know it works. They know it works because it's what works next to Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, which is what this entire thing is built on. A playmaking big who can pass the ball out of the post. Wings who are versatile, can defend several positions and keep the ball moving and make a few shots when you need to. I think the Warriors are high on Okoro. I think they're also split on Okoro, which I'll get to a little bit later on. But I think he's in the mix. He's maybe the best one-on-one defender up there in this draft, which they like. He's a good off-ball defender, which obviously they like. But I think there are real concerns with what he can do uh, defensively. I think there are legit concerns about what he can do defensively. Um, Mixed reviews on Okoro because of concerns about his shooting and his upside. Within the Warriors front office, there are mixed reviews. Uh, I, I think, again, he could probably be in the mix if you're, you know, at five, maybe. Maybe if you trade back a little bit. um. Yeah, but he's an athlete. And I think if you're looking for a guy who can come in and play a role right away, he's one of those guys. If you trust your coaches to be able to get that jump shot going, then you can have a three and D player basically right away with a lot of upside. And I talk all the time, what do the Warriors need in this draft? They need to find their Kawhi Leonard. They need to find a guy who can come in, step in right away, and play a role for a championship contending team, and then maybe develop into something more down the road. But when I say look for Kawhi, you got to look for Kawhi within the first three years of Kawhi, comes in and plays a role next to Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, under Greg Popovich, and plays a role really well, and is a very valuable player in their finals runs, and then, you know, becomes their MVP, becomes an MVP candidate. Uh, maybe this player who the Warriors select becomes that Maybe not But if he can at least play a role right away And play 20-25 minutes And it's not become, it's not coming at the opportunity cost of other players Who would play a better role Who do a better job in that supplementary role Then you've really got something And I think that's what Kawhi was for the Spurs Even though he was young, he was a rookie He played his role so well that it wasn't, it wasn't coming at a cost it, like, He was doing it better than a lot of veterans were That's what they need a rotation player right away. That's what they need. Um, we got another great question about another draft prospect coming up. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing number of vehicle makes and models, it can be impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car, especially now while you might not be able to visit a traditional store. So do it easily online at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of of different manufacturers. They have everything from engine and control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low without the markup you find at chain stores. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Then write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So, stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's keep going with the mailbag questions. This one comes from Dark Leafy Greens, who writes in, What about Devin Vassell, a very good team defender and a better shooter than Okoro? Are the Warriors high on either of them? Look, like I said with Okoro, mixed reviews because of uh, his shooting, his overall upside. But at least one scout I know of has Devin Vassell in his top six on his big board. But uh, there are still some concerns about his upside. What can he do offensively? How good of a player can he be? Both are good role players, probably good supplementary players. Who the Warriors would be willing to take in the lottery, but more likely they are an option if they trade back to six, seven, eight, something like that. Um, I don't expect them to go with Vassal or Okoro in the top three or four situation. I think there's guys they like better than those guys in that in that in that uh window. But they're also split on Vassal. And it's again, same reason as Okoro. What can he become? And maybe he could become something really great for them. Like I said, there's a scout who has them at, at six. On their big board. So he's right there in the mix. Um, and he's he's sort of been one of these risers lately. Uh, but if he can become a good rotation player right away, which I think Vassal, Okoro, a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, these are sort of the guys who you can get out there 20, 25 minutes a game, can make an impact right away, contribute to a playoff situation, I think right away, and then potentially develop into something more when these guys start to age out a little bit. Uh, This next question comes from Bobby, who writes in, Should the Warriors trade their pick for Justice Winslow? Solid playmaker and defender. Very similar stats to Iguodala. He's still pretty young, but is proven in the NBA. Not sure I trust anyone in the draft more than Winslow to help the Warriors win the title next season. Should they trade their pick? Maybe. Not this pick. I think that they should consider Winslow, though, for their traded player exception. I think he'd be a great pickup for them at at that amount. This is a guy who's young. Does, I always thought When he was with the Heat Would be a really Really good uh, Player For the Warriors I love Justice Winslow's Fit for the Warriors And if I'm them I'm calling Memphis Right away Memphis moved Andre Godala For Justice Winslow But they also got Other things in that deal I don't I think they would like To see what Winslow can do And they're gonna see What Winslow can do When the playoff bubble Resumes uh, Or when the season Resumes in the playoff bubble In Florida uh, At the end of the month So Look It depends on what what How he performs For them Um I think they'd be willing to trade him, especially if they're able to get back this traded player exception amount, and be able to maybe use that for somebody who fits a little bit better. I think you need to put spacing on the floor from Memphis around John Morant and Jonas Valanciunas and these guys. Uh, especially if you want Morant to be able to get to the floor, if you're going to play him in sort of high pick and roll stuff, if you want him if you want him to be able to get to the basket and kick out. Uh, I think Winslow has, he's definitely developed his three point shot. He had it a couple years ago. It was really starting to come along in Miami. I remember that being a very big storyline for that team. Um, If I'm the Warriors, maybe not trade a top five pick for Winslow. But maybe the traded player exception amount and next year's first round pick. Not from Minnesota, but your own first round pick. Maybe the second round picks this year. Whatever, something like that. Whatever you could do there, I think you've really got something. Maybe even include one of these um, young players in a separate deal with them and and try to work it out. But... um, I think Justice Winslow would be a hell of a fit because he's enough of a playmaker. He's enough of a, he's developed enough as a shooter where the floor spacing concern isn't as large. And when he's healthy, he is a very, very good defender, extremely switchable. He can handle the ball a bunch. I mean, Bobby's right. His skill set is very similar to Andre Iguodala in a way that I don't see with guys like Wiggins or uh, uh, Kelly Oubre or Robert Covington, these other guys that are always brought up. Winslow, to me, is that guy. And if he comes off the bench for you, that makes a lot of sense for Golden State. I think he would be a home run acquisition for the Warriors. And if I were them, I would definitely be calling Memphis. Uh, DeLoe Twist writes in, Will they package their late second rounders in cash to move up to grab a player in the mid-30s? Um, I don't think that they will do that. Uh, a late second round picks so are basically worthless in the NBA. So even two of those doesn't really get you to the top of the second round which has significantly more value um even if you throw cash in there i don't know about it I, I think what they end up doing with these second round picks far more likely is they either trade those picks for cash they either just sell these picks for cash or um or they they spend them on draft and stash guys and, and so that they don't those guys don't affect the salary cap or the roster space. This season, I don't see a way that you can incorporate second-round picks, late second-round picks, to next season's team. I, I just don't see it. I mean, you're already kind of playing with two, three, maybe four roster spots at this point, and a lot of that is going to go to free agents, guys who can contribute right away, veterans, um, and then obviously your draft picks. Now, at the top of the at the top of the draft, the guy that you acquire with the TPE, maybe somebody you acquire with a mid-level exception. I, I just don't see a need. For a second rounder, a late second rounder To make this roster And then why so would you waste those On somebody for training camp I just don't see that So I think they would rather use it on a draft and stash Type prospect So that player doesn't take up a roster spot uh, Or eat up some salary cap Or just better yet, sell those picks And try to make up some of this lost revenue For what is going to be the highest paid roster in the league Next season This next question comes from Let's see here Pedrino 419 who writes in Do you think the Warriors will be better than people think next year? The Lakers and the Rockets have no third option. The Clippers will probably lose Montrezl Harrell. And no team in the West has a third option better than Wiggins. Steph is probably just behind Kawhi and LeBron as best players in the West. Um, I agree. Steph is right behind those guys. You could throw Anthony Davis in the mix there, probably. Uh, I think that's a a conversation worth having. Give me Steph over James Harden every day. Um, But... uh, hmm. I think the Warriors could be better than people think next year. It really depends on how Andrew Wiggins acclimates. It really depends on how much this time off hurts them as far as their regular season record. But once you get Steph and Clay and Wiggins, and if you get a good Draymond Green back, then, yeah, I think this team could really be a contender. I I think the Lakers and Clippers are probably far and away the two best teams in the West next year. Um, I'm not convinced that the Clippers are going to lose Montrezl Harrell. They can keep him. They have the ability to do that. But uh, look, it, it, if it's teams like Utah, Denver, I'm not. I've never been sold on those teams. I think uh, Nikola Jokic is great. I love watching him play. I don't know that you could build a championship team around him, and certainly not him and Jamal Murray. I think they're one superstar short. Um, Utah, I've never been sold on. I think Donovan. I love Donovan Mitchell. I think he's going to be great. But I, Rudy Gobert, you know, Warriors fans, we like we've seen this year over year. He gets exploited in the playoffs, and I don't. I just don't love their lack of superstar power and the the way that the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Warriors have. The Rockets are going to be good. It really depends on what their offseason looks like. Does Mike Tan, uh, D'Antoni return? Do they add size? Do they become a little bit more versatile than they are right now as far as yeah, having bigger bodies on that roster? A lot of questions for them. New Orleans, who knows what can happen? I mean, Zion Williamson could just take a leap and they all of a sudden become a real contender in the West. I mean, that's a possibility. The rest of that team is pretty young, but Drew Holiday... Um, JJ Redick, these guys that they have, Brandon Ingram took a he's a he's an all star. He is a legit all star player. I mean, they've got probably two all star players next year between Zion and Brandon Ingram, and Drew Holiday is a fringe guy too. I mean, they could be really good next year. Uh, but with all that said, I like I like the Warriors. I, I don't know that in the regular season. I still think they're gonna have some things to figure out, some bugs to fix. But come playoff time, with their experience with that institutional knowledge that they have and just, honestly, institutional confidence that they have, I like them as much as anybody else in the West other than the Clippers and the Lakers. So I I have them probably... I I am a little bit higher on them than I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people have them right now as maybe being a five, six, seven seed. I think they could realistically get the 4 seed. I, I think that's within their grasp next season. Again, if healthy, if these guys come back the way we expect them to come back. Uh, Deepak writes in, are there any indicators that the Warriors might sign Jonathan Simmons next year? Uh, no, there is no indication that that's going to happen. They could have done it during the transition window. It doesn't look like they're going to do that. And uh, yeah, he was part of their G League program in Santa Cruz, but they're not going out of their way to go ahead and get Jonathan Simmons. And again, I'll say this, and I always say this when I get a question about Jonathan Simmons, there is a reason why he's not on an NBA team right now. Just like Robert Covington, he has a great brand team. He's his the PR department... That covers Jonathan Simmons. Is doing a great job. He is not as good as people think he is. He is a uh, Jack. He is a he, he uh, is sort of a master of none type player. They tested him out in the G League. They got to look at him. I think the Warriors are smart enough to know what they have there. That said, does he get a training camp invite? Absolutely possible, but no indication that he's going to be part of the long term future or even next year's regular season roster. Okay, last batch of questions after this. This is Locked On Warriors. Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently. Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on. Understandable. But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office. Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building? Even if it's been a while. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash work. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. All right, I said at the top that we might have to split this into two episodes, but it looks like we're getting through this. Um, a couple more questions here. Really great questions this week on the mailbag, guys. Uh, keep sending these questions, and you can do it. Send them to me on Twitter, at Goldberg. You can email me at wgoldberg at Bay Area Newsgroup. Com. This next question comes from Kai Moffitt who writes in, Why take a Kungu or Wiseman number one overall if you have to pay that guy $45 million over four years when Marquise Chris is older, more developed, a better passer, a better defender, and just signed for a non guaranteed minimum? Can we put this to bed? Kai, you're preaching to the choir here. I don't see a world in which the Warriors take a center at the top of this draft. It does not make sense. It is not within their ethos. I spoke earlier of the formula that they use. This is not part of the formula. Do you really want Wiseman or Kungu? I like I like a Kungu a lot, by the way. I think he's a better fit than Wiseman for the Warriors. Just regardless, but I just I think they're they're going to use this resource on a wing, and a guy who can handle the ball and do that sort of thing on a guy with upside. I, there's an argument for Wiseman because of his upside, but I still think when a push comes to shove, the Warriors want to play small. They want to play Draymond Green at center. Instead of Wiseman, I think they'd rather have a stretch four, a guy who can protect the rim a little bit at that spot. Akongu is switchable. He's a little bit like Kevon Looney, but, you know, ostensibly healthy. Uh, so he makes sense for what they like to do, just like Looney does. I just don't... I, I think he's a little redundant. If you're still in on Kavan Looney, the Warriors are trying to make the most of Looney still. Wiseman, there's a lot of questions about his maturity, his coachability, how long it's going to take him to acclimate to the to the NBA. Defensively, there's concerns because of his lapses. Do you want that at center when you have Marquise Chris, when you have Kevon Looney, when you are going to play Draymond Green at that spot quite a bit? I don't think I don't think that that's a good allocation of resources. I think they'd be much better off and a lot more likely to go ahead and use this on a wing who could play a few different spots, who can provide a lot more versatility than a center would. Uh, last question, Abe writes in. Do you think the Warriors can get Marcus Um, Yeah, I do. I think that they can get Marcus Saul. I think they can get Marcus Saul at the mid-level exception if he's willing to take a little bit less money. But it really depends on how Toronto does in the playoffs. Do they try? Do they try to run it back one more year with Kyle Lowry under contract, which he's under contract for next season? That makes sense if you're the Raptors. Again, depending on what happens this uh, in the playoffs, what do they look like? Does it look like Pascal Siakam's ready to take the reins? Do they want to bring back Fred Van Vliet and just sort of build that thing around Van Vliet and Siakam? And if that's so, are the, do they start the youth movement now? Because it's coming. Okay? In Toronto, the youth movement is coming. But they have Lowry under contract for another year. They could re-sign Marcus Saul. If they do that, it would allow it would give them just some sort of uh, you know, institutional strength for next season to keep building this youth movement around, it just depends on how much Masai Ujiri, their GM, wants to sort of go in that direction. Do they fully embrace the youth movement? Or do they keep some vets around to uh, nudge their way into that movement a little bit with a, a, a more soft landing? And I think Marcus is very happy in Toronto. He, As we know in Memphis, he was very loyal. He seems to be a loyal guy. He doesn't like to move around a whole lot. That, But if he does become a free agent... I expect that him winning a championship with Toronto gave him a taste for championships and that he would look at the Warriors as an option. He would look at maybe the Clippers as an option. He might look at the Lakers as an option. These teams who can realistically uh, make a, a title run, those I think would be the teams lining up for Marc Gasol and the and the teams that he would be taking calls from. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked On Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, where you can rate us, review us, say nice things about us. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. Eric Fowle. Together we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network.